The holiday season is definitely upon us, and so we, Dana and I, have chosen to take this opportunity to provide you with a replay of an episode that we feel like is useful, that you may have missed, or if you are a longtime listener, you may have heard it, but it's possibly been a little while. So we're reaching back all the way to the midst of the pandemic. Shortly after we launched this podcast, where we held our very first NeuroNerd Corner, and we did an entire episode on dopamine. Such a fundamental topic, and we hope you enjoy this encore presentation of episode 10. Welcome to Kick Some ADHD, the podcast for professionals and business owners who struggle to stay focused and get the important stuff done. We'll help you understand how to maximize the unique advantages that come with ADHD and learn ways to keep the struggles and negative impacts at bay. Now, here are your hosts, ADHD coach for professionals, Dana Rayburn, and digital marketing strategist, David Johnson. All right, it's time for another episode of Kick Some ADHD. Dana, how are you today? David, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I am amped up on chemicals that increase the level of dopamine available to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And is that our lead in? Does that mean we're talking about brain chemistry and ADHD today? I think so. You know, we talked about doing this before, but we haven't done like a neuro nerd episode. And since, I mean, I'm a nerd and I like studying brain chemistry, so this could be fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, you know, I, I also don't want to scare anybody, right? Because we're, we're not going to do actual, you know, deep dive neurochemistry stuff. <laughs> but Oh, come on. I mean, a little bit, you know, a little bit. But I think this is one of those subjects that I dove into in ways that most people shouldn't uh, when I got my diagnosis. But what I realized is that there's probably a little that we could all learn and that if we don't learn it, then it's it's like there's a force affecting us that we could maybe um, get better at handling if we knew more about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. And from an ADHD coach standpoint, what I realize that my students and clients need to learn is they need to know that ADHD is basically brain chemistry. They're not broken. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Their brains work differently is all. And that's why we need our ADHD community to know about brain chemistry. Yeah. It's like if you had a leg that bent in a different direction than everyone else's, you'd know that. You know, you would you'd be able to see it. It would be observable. But since our brains work differently and it's invisible, we are oftentimes just left wondering why something doesn't work for us, you know? <laughs> yes. And the other thing that gets really confusing, David, is that sometimes our brains work great and sometimes they don't. Yes. And it can seem so sporadic. Oh, yes. Oh, the unpredictability. And I know the word that you, you talk about so much is just getting more consistent, not... 100% consistent, but more consistent. And gosh, brain chemistry is such a big part of that consistency. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the problem with having our brains be inconsistent is other people look at us and think, well, you were really focused and on top of everything yesterday. And today you're swanning about the office like there's not a deadline. What's going on? That and we have, we have clients who... Sometimes we deliver amazing stuff or bosses and other times it's like, 
where are you? <laughs> you know, and what yeah, have you done exactly. with the person that delivered that thing the other time? You know, exactly. And so, and yeah, and this is brain chemistry. It is, is what and it is. If we don't understand it, we end up repeating things that we wouldn't have to repeat. I, I feel like you know, and, and we try things that we don't make the progress that we're hope, we're hoping for. And sometimes, if we just knew a little more, so that's what today is about. Let's know a little more, and that may help us be a little more productive. But Dana, you mentioned something when we were just chatting a minute ago that I think is so important. If we understand zero about the fact that brain chemistry is affecting us, then we have nowhere to lay the blame for our inconsistencies and other issues than ourselves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's right on us. Well, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. I'm as the the title of the the well-known ADHD book, I'm lazy, crazy, stupid. And and no, you're not. Your brain chemistry is inconsistent. It works differently than society often wants it to. And the more you know about it, well, not the more, knowing about this at a high level where you understand what's going on can help reduce that shame and help you take more control over it. Yes. Yes. So I'm all about reducing the shame. So that's a that's a really important thing. So um, are you good for us to just make today a dopamine episode? Sure. All let's, about dopamine. Let's dopamine out. Dopamine it is. So what I uh, realized that I didn't know, first of all, dopamine is organic. It's something that we all have in all of our brains, our bodies. We make it. Um, it's a hormone. That was, a, that was a, something I didn't realize. It's also a neurotransmitter. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say is it's a it I it's an yeah, it's a neurotransmitter and, and and neurotransmitters are the things that make the synaptic connections in your brain. They're the things that make your brain work. Yeah, and so we have structures in our brains and there's a little bit of just quick background biologically speaking that I think could be useful here. Um the the areas in the brain that are most closely associated with dopamine are centered around the midbrain, which is part of the brainstem. It's, this is an area of the brain that is considered by those, if you look at it from, a, from an evolutionary perspective, and I'm going to freak out a bunch of people that I've known since I was a very small person by just even talking about this in that, in that way. But if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, these were parts of our brains that developed before thought, before language, before potentially even motor control. I mean, these are so deeply tied to the way our brains function that they act without us knowing about it. And that, I think, is one of the most important things that we can realize about this because the areas that deal with dopamine are functioning as part of systems that we, we can interact with them, but they, they do what they do often without us consciously knowing about it. <laughs> so Yes, yes, until we... Increase that awareness and increase the consciousness, yes. which is what I'm all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So dopamine, why dopamine is so important for ADHD is that the there are, there are a whole class of you know conditions that affect humans that affect dopamine. And if we named them, uh, we, we would find that you'd be looking at a list of things that cause people to be apathetic, depressed. Um, like, in other words, if you have low levels of dopamine available to your brain, then you will have a reduced ability to regulate yourself. You'll have reduced motivation and you will have impulsivity and 
other things happening in there because your brain is screaming at you saying there's something I need that I don't have enough of right now. Right. And David, it may not be that there it's not that there isn't dopamine there. It may also be that the brain, your brain can't use it. Your brain can't take it up and do something with it. Precisely. And I don't think the research still is 100 percent clear on which way it is for ADHD. But there are conditions that we definitely know are the result of low dopamine. And guess what? (laughs) Yes. And let's stay focused on ADHD. Of course, of course. So when we talk about the places that dopamine gets produced and activated inside the brain, we're talking about the reward system. And so a lot of us have, have heard about this when you talk about people that maybe are dealing with addictions or other issues. But it's basically the simple idea that when something happens that causes dopamine levels to spike in your brain, it is associated with you feeling pleasure or being motivated or having a sense of well-being or liking something and positive reinforcement. So um that when that gets hijacked in a negative way in the human brain, then we have behaviors that can be very self-destructive. So with ADHD, since we're talking about this reward pathway, one of the most fascinating things that I learned about dopamine in the time that I've spent diving into it is that science has basically established the fact that motivation, as we know it, at the cellular level, is a matter of dopamine. That's all yes. there is to it. So yes. when you, so so when Dana, when we as people with ADHD, when we struggle getting like motivated to go do something, <laughs> it's literally this chemical issue. Whether the dopamine is there or, or, or whether we're not, you know, having the correct uptake of dopamine doesn't really matter. Or whether there's actually a structural change, which some of the um, imaging now is suggesting may be the case. We could have not just chemistry differences, but actual structural differences. That, yes. That's not us. That's a thing happening. It's a process occurring that we have. Well, we have the ability to influence it, like you said, but but it's literally happening without our knowledge. (laughs) Yes. And the way I look at it, David, is managing ADHD at the basic level is it's a game of managing dopamine. Yes. That's what we're after. It really is. And so one of the most important things we can do is start to understand something that the scientific types like to call dopaminergic activities. (laughs) So in other words, what are things that happen that will cause dopamine to be more available to your brain to function? And also, we should be aware of what things will actually have the other um, you know, result as well. Yes. Remove the dopamine and renew, remove the stimulation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So when you think about someone who is born with low dopamine, like I said, there, there are other medical conditions that might cause someone's dopamine levels to drop or the, you know, the bioavailability of it or whatever. But when you have someone who's born with either low dopamine or the net result that looks like low dopamine, whether, whether it's there or not, what happens is that the brain is screaming for ways to get more of this stuff because it desperately needs this stuff. And so this is where the novelty-seeking behaviors, the risk-seeking behaviors, the sort of excitement that we crave comes from because we're literally functioning in a way that would be like someone who is just unable to find any excitement at all in their everyday life. Right. And so 
uh, why is it that, you know, people with like, for example, Dana, this is one of the, th- the things that startled me going back to our earlier conversation, like your brain chemistry is affecting you. You might not know it. When I was 19 years old, I got a motorcycle and sold my car and I rode a motorcycle. In, and by the way, in Florida, where I live in the summer, this time of year, usually rains every day. <laughs> now, not for long. So, you know, if you're strategic, you might be able to avoid it. But I got wet. I had, you know, clothes that got wet. I loved it. I just, Mm -hmm. I was so thrilled. Like, if I needed to drive somewhere, getting on the motorcycle, that was so great for me. I had a story, though, Dana, as to why I did that for all of these years. And what was that story, David? It was completely invalid is what it was. Because once I got the ADHD (laughs) diagnosis, I realized my brain was just going, you know what? Excitement is better than not excitement. (laughs) Right. And it doesn't even have to feel like excitement. It's just something to get your, give your brain something to engage it something to be interested in, something to pay attention to. Exactly. So when we are thinking about what we can do to give our brain some dopamine to work with, what we literally want to do is adjust that level of dopamine available to our brain to function. And so we want to find the activities, and it's not the same for all of us. You know, we're all individuals. And so what are the things that you can do that will cause your brain to release some dopamine and to allow you to have a little bit more available uh, executive function, (laughs) honestly. Yes. And David, also, what are the safe, wise things you can do to have your brain release some dopamine? Jumping out of airplanes or driving really fast or, you know, risky behaviors increase dopamine. And it may not be necessarily as safe. Well, jumping out of airplanes, I mean, if you're doing it safely, yes. But um, you got to make sure that you're doing it in a strategic way that's not going to get you arrested or killed. Yeah. I knew a guy that was a wedding officiant. He, he did at least one wedding a week. And all of them were jumping out of planes. <laughs> <laughs> And when he didn't have a wedding to do, he would go jump. So he was just finding some ways to get dopamine. I think it was pretty safe. So for so like you said, maybe we don't want to jump out of planes all the time. Um, and maybe that could be an expensive habit too. Um, what is it that causes your brain to get a little hit of dopamine? So obviously chemicals do that. So we can we can literally stimulate the either the production or the uptake of dopamine in our brains chemically. And some of us use caffeine or other stimulants for that. Um, of course, there are prescribed stimulants that do that. Um, there are other uh, medications. So we know about the medications, right? So being a consistent user of medication is, is one way. And David, I, I want people to also know that stimulant medication doesn't stimulate your body. It doesn't stimulate you to get up and run around. Why it's called stimulant is because it's stimulating your brain activity. It's stimulating your neurotransmitter dopamine activity. Exactly. Literally operates on the central nervous system. And right. so it's very much associated with norepinephrine, which we think of as adrenaline getting produced and noradrenaline getting produced in the adrenal glands, right? Which is another interesting thing that I didn't know, Dana. You and I talked about this early in my coaching process with you, mm-hmm. that dopamine is not actually manufactured 
in that there's there are connections between these systems, right? And norepinephrine comes from your adrenal glands, which are down by your kidneys. Your body, your whole body is involved, but the but the result for dopamine is actually in the brain. So one of the things that you can do that's not um, jumping out of planes and not taking a stimu- central nervous system stimulant like caffeine or or you know Adderall or Ritalin or whatever, you can also eat a lot of protein. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And what and what I like to say, and this is why I'm so big on the self care, because this is actually the lever that helps you adjust your dopamine levels, um, because you can you can take the you can take the stimulant medication, but if you haven't eaten well, so there's not the dopamine available in your brain, the stimulants aren't necessarily going to be able to use it. So eating protein, eating a healthy diet creates the amino acids, which is the precursor to creating the dopamine. Yes. So with so that's why one of the first things we work on with people who are trying to learn to live easier with ADHD is, hey, are, are you eating? You know, are you getting enough sleep? Are you exercising? All those things that help manipulate the dopamine levels in the brain. And those things we can talk about those from an emotional standpoint as well, because we all know we're grumpy when we're tired. We all know if we're not eating, you know, in a healthy way that it affects us emotionally. Well, guess what? The emotion and the chemistry are, they feed one another. We, we don't know how they work precisely from a neurochemical standpoint, but we know they're correlated with each other. And in other words, if you find an activity that gives you a sense of well-being, that is correlated with increased dopamine in your in your brain, and it will cause you to do things that will give you more dopamine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? And and David, the reverse of that also is things that make you feel flat, make you feel bored, think you feel unmotivated, It there you go. You need to look at it. Oh, I need more dopamine. What's going on? It's all a game of dopamine and neuroporinephrine. Yeah, it really is. And so high protein foods, like you said, will give your body some amino acids to work with. The amine at the end of dopamine is related. It's, you know, it, that comes from amino acids. It's, it comes from the same root word. Um, also, there are things you can eat that will actually hurt your dopamine. Um, and there are some studies that suggest, for example, that high saturated fat will yes. hurt your dopamine levels significantly. In fact, in rats, which, you know, the funny thing about it, why would you study a rat to predict what happened? Well, guess what? Dopamine and this whole structure, not that different in the rat. <laughs> That's, I mean, this is how old this stuff is from an evolutionary standpoint. We, you know, we, we're, we're, we're actually working in a, in a similar way as they are. Um, another one, you mentioned sleeping and I think you mentioned exercise as well, but yeah. I don't think people have any idea how important exercise really is to getting your dopamine where it needs to be. And right. just 10 minutes of aerobic activity you should go longer. Twenty is even better. I said should. I'm sorry, Dana. Uh, but if you can you saw go twenty, me make a face. Yeah, if, if, if <laughs> I did. If twenty is available to you, that will be even better. But even ten has been shown aerobic activity. So something that gets your lungs pumping and your your heart rate up will have an enormous uh, impact on your mood. And guess what? Endorphin levels and dopamine levels. They're correlated with each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, 
what I what I want to add in there, David, is having worked with I don't know how many hundreds of people peoples over the years with this yes. is exercise doesn't necessarily work for everybody. So what I want our wonderful listeners to know is know what works for you. Yes. Some people met the exercise is the magic thing. Some people they can run for 45 minutes and it doesn't do a darn thing. So notice what works for you in increasing your dopamine and your stimulation levels. And when you notice it, maybe, maybe make a spot where you're keeping a list so that you can look at your list when you're facing a situation where you've got a deadline or you've got a, a thing that you need to do, whether there's a deadline or sometimes a deadline would help you. So maybe there's no deadline, but you need to do it. You know you must do it. Have your little list of things that work positively for your dopamine and take a look at it. Um, I've had, since this conversation that you and I had about protein, I've always kept a stash of high-protein nuts in the pantry. And as you know, I work from home. So if I feel like I need to you know, get a little dopamine, I will get some coffee and some nuts. <laughs> yep, the same thing. Yep. I'm, I'm a nut too, David. Yep, sometimes you feel like a nut. So um, make your list. And so on my list, and we've talked about some of these things before, but not so much in the context of brain chemistry per se. On my list... Certain types of music boost my dopamine so fast it's not even funny. And so even if I can't listen to the music while I'm working, I might take a few minutes to crank up a great song at high volume and just enjoy it. And I'm not inclined to dance because, you know, white dude. But um, <laughs> if you, you know, maybe dancing for you to a, to a song would make you, would, would, would excite you. Dana, you sing. I, I, does that do something for your dopamine when you sing? I don't. Did I put you on the spot? I I, well, I never thought about it. I just have always sung. I mean, that's that's me is singing. Um, I don't know that it's a dopamine thing for me, but what I find helps dopamine is fun. No, yes. and and having a little make sh making sure you've got a little bit of fun, a little bit of something in your life every single day doesn't have to be going to the amusement park. It can just be something that you enjoy, something that's a little different. So structuring fun in your day. Another idea that we could add is meditation. Dana, I know you're a believer. Other yep. people have talked about We've talked about it on this podcast. But there's even a study that showed that experienced meditators, so these are really highly skilled people, when they meditated for an hour, as opposed to just resting quietly for an hour, which a lot of us call that meditating, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. If, Lying there thinking isn't meditating. Those people had a 64% increase in dopamine production after meditating compared to just resting quietly for an hour. Yeah. So meditation as a practice can actually give you a way to directly impact your brain's biochemistry and you don't need exercise equipment or food or other things you can do that as you of course you can't do it on day one you have to gain the skill of meditating right. but it's a worthwhile investment if you are willing to go down that road yes yes and it can be a tricky one in fact david i think we ought to do a podcast about meditation sooner than later because it's oh, yeah. it's important and it's challenging for people with adhd because it's frustrating oh yes Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, I love that. I, I think we really should. Um, another thing that you can do to get some dopamine in your system is some sunlight. Yeah. Uh, and that's Vi been really Vitamin hard. in. Vitamin in, they're calling it. Yeah, it's been really hard, though, uh, for everybody on lockdown. If you've been stuck in your house or you haven't been able to get outside or whatever, you may not be getting enough 
sunlight and, and actual ultraviolet sunlight on your skin uh, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are lots of things that we can do. And Dana, it's like you said, anything that you feel like is fun, exciting, interesting, learn a new skill. Maybe, you know, there are lots of apps and ways that you can sign up for courses online. If you, maybe you like learning, I love learning new things. So that's one of the things I can do. So, but I, but, yeah. yeah, David, I do too. And I'm always learning. I'm always got something new that I'm learning about in, and some of it's wacky, but there's always something new that I'm learning about. And, and I find that that's what keeps me interested. That gets, that's what keeps me stimulated. Yes. So one other little neuro nerd thing that I want to throw in before we wrap up for today is that there is a major pathway in the brain between the midbrain we were talking about before and the prefrontal cortex, which is that much newer, evolutionarily speaking, part of the brain that we think of as related to planning, controlling your attention, having working memory available to you. Yeah. Those sort of higher level executive functions that we that we with ADHD struggle with, um, that is actually mediated in some way by dopamine. And so it's not just that you're going to feel better and that there will be dopamine available to you. It will actually improve your ability to follow through on the things that you need to do. Yes. And they're directly connected. Yeah. ADHD lives heavily in the prefrontal cortex, which is if, if you want to know a little neuron thing, just take your hand and put it on your forehead like you're saying, oh, my gosh, I forgot. That's where your prefrontal cortex is right up there in the, the front of your brain. And that's where so much of ADHD happens, though they call it executive functioning. The things that somebody that it, so an executive needs to be able to do to function. And without enough dopamine, that whole system just does not do what we need it to do. Exactly. So it's not just mood and motivation. Those are really big, but also all of that executive function stuff. So so make yourself a list of your dopamine things. You know, what is it? The the things that make that give you some dopamine and and keep it around and Anytime you're struggling with your your ability to do whatever you need to do, just remember that this dopamine situation is is a real deal, and and it it, it could actually uh, be having an enormous impact on you without you knowing it. Exactly, and also know the things that drain your dopamine, and avoid them as much as you possibly can. So you, you know you because... can't quit your job most likely. So you know if if. <laughs> Yeah. Right. But but uh, there but there are way there are things in life that drain our dopamine yes. that we need to be able to have workarounds for. Truly. And yeah. 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 And it's worth it to to note those and and to make changes where you need to or 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 at least to prepare yourself with some dopamine before you, you know <laughs> before you dive in, you know, yeah. to those situations. So that's that's really cool stuff. Uh I love dopamine research. I I I have I had to rebuild some of my data Dana in the last week because I knew we were going to do this episode and I had a situation happen so I actually have spent the week just really thoroughly immersed and I just love this stuff drilling down on dopamine David absolutely absolutely so let's uh, plan a, an episode on meditation I think that's mm-hmm. exciting oh and yeah I know we have so many other topics that we're going to be talking about in the future that uh, are, are are helpful and useful. Um, and so we want to hear from you, listener. 
Is there a question? Is there a thing? Is there something you want us to talk about, a topic you want to suggest or, or whatever? Dana, I, I want to be sure people know you can go to kicksomeadhd.com. There's a way to contact us there. You can also hit us up on social media. And Dana, you have an audio course that you put together on the foundations of ADHD success that is fantastic. Would you want to tell people where to go get that? Of course, DanaRayburn.com, D-A-N-A-R-A-Y-B-U-R-N.com, and it's right there. Um, yeah, and that, well, I don't talk about dopamine per se in there, but I, I, yes, it's all about managing your brain so you can live easier with ADHD. It's fantastic material, and it's a very minimal investment. So that's not a free thing, that audio course, but I will tell you, I will personally guarantee you will get far more out of it than you spend on it if you go to DanaRayburn.com and pick it up. So you have my word on it. <laughs> so and that, mine. And yours too. That's right. Okay, cool. So um, I'm excited. So Dana, do you, do you, should we talk about a takeaway? Do you want to, do you want to give people a takeaway? Do you want me to give a takeaway? Should we have a takeaway? <laughs> you get to do the takeaway because you just surprised me about it. I think the takeaway is no know that you're not broken. It's an issue. If your brain's not working right, it's likely a neurotransmitter issue. And dopamine's a big part of that. So as David said, have your list, what works for it to boost your dopamine. And as I say, also be aware of what drains your dopamine and try and live in this world of balanced dopamine and notice what's too much dopamine, you know, because that's yes. there. There's a piece there. So it's all about becoming aware of you, your brand of ADHD and what you need to do to be able to manage it, to live the best life that you absolutely can. Absolutely. So if you want some places to go to dive into some dopamine research a little more deeply, I will put some links in our show notes for today's episode so that you can, uh, you can check those out. But, um, I uh, I can't agree with you more, Dana. Having the list, knowing the list, keeping it keeping it in front of you, and and making use of it that those that's huge. Yeah, awesome, excellent. Well, I'm excited. I'm gonna go get some more Thanks. dopamine. This 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 David? podcast gives me dopamine. <laughs> yeah, it does. And and so let's go out, everyone, and kick some ADHD. Yeah. All right. Well, Dana, I'll see you next week. Thanks, David. Bye bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kick Some ADHD with Dana Rayburn and David Johnson. Did you find this helpful? Please share it with everyone you know who, squirrel, uh, um, has ADHD or might, and leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. It helps other people find us. For more help with ADHD, including information on Dana's ADHD Success Club and episodes of Kick Some ADHD you've missed, go to kicksomeadhd.com.